You're listening to The 40s Project Podcast with Abby and Melissa, two self-proclaimed middle-aged country chicks and their microphone, Phallic Phil. This episode is brought to you by professional organiser, Simply Put, by Peter. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to chat a little bit more about parenting because I've spent more of my life being a parent than any other job I've had and the same would be for you. We've been at this for 16 years and I don't know how you feel but I still feel like I'm wearing my L plates. Before we dive into that though, we have an exciting offer for our loyal listeners. It's not exactly a freebie but it's the next best thing so stay tuned to find out how you could have a very merry bubbly Christmas. Abby, after months and months, the borders are finally opening and I've got to admit, I'm a little hesitant about it. It's great. It absolutely needs to happen, but it's all going to, you know, it's going to thrust us into living with COVID in the community and it's something we haven't done for ages and I just don't think about the hand washing as much and the, I forget my mask going places. Here in SA, we haven't really. No, we haven't. We've been really vigilant. Uh, Hmm. Even my um, family in Victoria say, I just can't believe that you haven't had the cases, yet you're so vigilant. Yeah. That has really been drummed into us. The part that I'm mostly concerned about, though, is the health system and the capacity it'll have to deal with outbreaks and the inevitable hospital admissions. And so where that, you know, where does that leave people with chronic health issues and other health issues are they going to miss out on a bed because somebody else has taken that up with COVID who may or may not be an anti-vaxxer and you know some people have even gone to as far to suggest that people who don't believe in the vaccine or refuse it and contract COVID should be denied hospital care I wouldn't go that far but it is a frustrating situation when there's a vaccine to prevent death and serious illness and some believe it is still not real so what are your thoughts about the border opening? I bet you're going to love it because you've got family in Victoria. I know, and that's the silver lining. But um, it's the week, it's the lead up to borders opening and everything's ramped up every day. We're getting messages coming out. Yesterday it was that no one that is unvaccinated can go to Adelaide mm. Oval and then yes. a lot of other places, entertainment venues in Adelaide followed suit. Um, and then, you know, the advertiser do this shit thing of then going, what are your thoughts on this? Like, oh, yes or no. So and I, and mm. I'm like, you're creating the yes. tension. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time it is a media that just ramps it people is. up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a silver lining for us. There's family. I haven't seen my sister's family since Easter, and for us that is a long time. But there are a lot of concerns. There's a couple of scenarios that could play out in the next few weeks. Um, I know, well, will we be having Christmas in lockdown mm. with or with, you know, major restrictions because lockdown's not something that we've done here in SA a lot. But I guess that's not a huge situation. The, the biggest problem could be, like you said, the health system. Mm. Because our health system is in a really shitty spot right now. I know people Mm. that have been in the Women's and Children's Hospital since, um, well, for the past year. Yes. I know of people that have actually removed their child from the Women's and Children's Hospital, taken them interstate and are receiving far better care. Wow. I know. And, you know, mm. when I've been down there with my children in the past, everyone says, oh, well, you're in the best place. Mm. I don't think we can say that anymore. Apparently not. My experience with Macaulay going in a lot has always been wonderful. Yeah. But I feel 
the energy around that mm. and I know the net like you know I've had conversations with nurses that you get to know over the t- over the time and they're certainly a little bit like mm, like it's and it's not their it's fault not the it's greatest. a complete lack of funding it's, obviously yeah yeah, yeah. And the care the nurses the doctors they're fantastic it's the system so term four Abby are you a fan uh, it's a crazy crazy time I'm not a fan but you know that I love crazy you do yeah <laughs> but I think since I've hit 40 I'm a little bit pooped. It is my least favourite term. I, there's just too much on and it's us wives of farmers that has to juggle all of the Christmas events, the school concerts, the catch-ups, end-of-year shows by ourselves, plus we do all the Christmas shopping, we decorate the house, we drag the kids around, we keep the home fires burning while our husbands reap the crop. And then have you? is it a scenario in your household that at Christmas Day it's the men that end up Having a little nap yes. on Christmas afternoon. Uh-huh. Gender dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's shaping up to be a crazy season already because we've had some major weather events. Yeah, look, I think harvest this year might, we might also be holidaying by ourselves, which I've done before. Yes, same. The solo parent holiday in January is, <laughs> quite frankly, fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It Well, look, it is, but... It's hard work because you're by yourself and it is a change of scenery. All holidays for mums are a change of scenery. The rain this harvest so far has been ridiculous. We've had the biggest rain event here at Balaclava that we've had since 2012. Yeah. It hasn't rained like that for years. We had, yeah, 60 millimetres on the weekend and, yeah, Mm. every time we start reaping it gets wet. Little Dan... He hit the nail on the head this week when he said, how come when we want it to rain in winter to grow the crops, it doesn't rain? And when we don't want it to rain in harvest, it rains. I don't know, Dan. (laughs) I don't know how come, but Greta, that is a rhetorical question. (laughs) The controversial show on Channel 9 called Parental Gardens has come to an end. The winner ended up being the free-range parents. So that means the parents parenting styles were judged and there were all different sorts of parenting styles and at the end of the show they picked mm. which is weird yeah the best parenting style and it turned out to be free range yeah i don't i don't class i don't say that i have a style but yeah if i had to pick one it'd probably be free, free range, range. Mm. um i run a pretty you know some people run a tight ship i run a pirate ship <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'm a free ranger. Scarlett watched it for the whole of five minutes, saw strict parent written across the bottom of the screen and went, oh, that's you. <laughs> of course Yeah, of course, because you're 13 I don't let you do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Um, so we touched on um, this last episode because it got us talking about our own parenting style or lack thereof, as well as our roles as parents. And I've got to ask, who gave me this job? It is one of the most important jobs in the world and I have no qualifications except a talent for getting knocked up easily. Funnily enough, as we decided that we would chat about parenting, I experienced a giant parenting fail and a fail that ended up having a little cry in the shower about oh i was I, well it doesn't happen often but i just was like i feel a bit shit i was bawled out by my teen son for yelling and i yell that's uh, it's not great so but as the tea time caper ensued with number two and number three arguing over whose toe was touching who's under the table i yelled i'm not proud of it and it's the thing i hate the most about myself when it comes to parenting, I can flip my lid fairly quickly and I yell or 
as I like to call it, talk loudly with the tone. Um, and it's, you know, clear why I have red hair sometimes because I can have a sharp tongue and I don't tolerate fools. Unfortunately, all kids are fools. Um, he covered his head in his hoodie and when asked what was wrong, he said, I just can't stand you yelling. I can't deal with it. And it was a bit of a mic drop moment and I just... Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair call. It's yeah, but nice. how much can we tolerate? I read something this week about kids with ASD and the Coke bottle scenario where mm. throughout the day something happens, shake the Coke bottle. Yeah. Something else happens, shake the Coke bottle. By the end of the day, that lid's going to burst off that Coke bottle and shit's going to go everywhere. Yeah. That is what's happening That's, to us. And, and look, it is. And, you know, I unfortunately... I get results when I yell, and I always have, which is you kind of set up, I think, as parents by experience that yelling gets a reaction you want. It doesn't mean it's right and it doesn't mean I can justify it, which I guess I kind of am. But, you know, I've acknowledged it and accepted that I need to try a bit harder and not be a yeller. But I pointed out to Macaulay that I've been asking him for over a month to clean his room. Like it needs a decent, you know, vacuum mop, blah, blah. He lives in a beautiful land of teen out in his own space, away from the house. He's living the dream out there. Yeah, and the deal that. was you have to you have to mop your floor and do the dusting. And I haven't yelled about it. I haven't got stern. I haven't nagged. I have I've, I've just asked every week for over a month. I've hinted, I've nudged, I've, you know, do you want to maybe clean your room mm-hmm. this weekend, blah, blah, blah. But because I'm a yeller, I think I may have set up a situation where if I don't get stern, I'm not taken seriously. So it's a vicious cycle. But it's one that I am trying to work on. It's not about yelling gets answers. It's about using a normal tone gets nothing. And it can. And yeah. I think we we set it up. Yeah. I think I because when you I don't know when you start doing it too much, it loses its impact. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and the other thing is, you know, maybe conse- and the consequences need to be more tangible. The mum's lost their shit, so we better do it because. They're not really learning anything if they're just doing it because they're scared of my reaction. And it's probably that's not so much as the cleaning your room situation, but the bigger stuff. You know, things only get done here when mum loses it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And as much as you point it out, it's like, oh, I don't want to have to do this. But how, how bad is it? bags don't listen. <laughs> We know when we wake up in the morning that the only time, the only way that we're going to get anything done or have any results is to lose our shit. So, well, I might as well just get out of bed losing my fucking shit. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I don't mind that my kids have a healthy, is it a healthy fear of my reaction or a healthy respect of what I expect from them, I suppose. Um Because I think kids need boundaries and when they're developing their own, it's our jobs as parents to lay them out. Probably by the time they're 16 and 13 like our kids are, most of that's done. They are who they are. That's what scares me. Because that's actually probably hard. 13 (laughs) and 16 is harder than 9. That's what scares me because I'm like, oh, this is it. And well, no, you can't. Probably a 13-year-old no. girl is a bad example because, oh. you know, they're not always going to be bitches. Really? <laughs> I'm at the stage where I'm asking, how did I get here? I think you and I have a reasonably similar parenting style, although I don't know what my parenting style is, <laughs> but from a little free ranger, your kids are probably a little bit more scared of you. Than, yeah. than mine. Mm. I think I'm a little bit too soft at times. But That's a fair call. I'm pretty sure I have scared my kids over the years. But I have noticed myself that I subconsciously align myself with other parents who are raw and honest. I feel like I'm a human button and my children just want to push it all the time. And I heard a quote this week 
This is something that resonated with me. It says, I'm not lazy, unmotivated or stuck. After years of living in survival mode, I am exhausted. There is a difference. The mother load has worn me down. And whilst I can put a smile on my face and go out and appear to be doing all the right things, I'm actually feeling a little bit numb. I now only take one day at a time and... I think we're both at the point in our parenting journey where we're starting to question what it is that our kids are going to hang on us when they're sitting in their psychiatrist's (laughs) office one day. Look, maybe they could all go together for a group booking (laughs) because I have actually said to my kids, oh, I'm sure I'm going to send you to a psychologist and you're going to lie down on that couch with your hand draped across your forehead going, it was all my mother's fault. And look, I'm and I've explained to them too, I'm human. Yeah. So I'm going to make mistakes. So are you and, you know, you try and come up with the best solutions. But can you imagine the stories out of that session? <laughs> and then them going, and then they talked about us on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm switching that... off of social media because mm. I have unfollowed some parents <sighs> because I can't do it. I can't. And it's maybe just... that's me. That's maybe just it's me being in a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, everything looks like rainbows and unicorns. And sometimes those cheesy things like you were talking about, you know, when people tell you to, you know, embrace the chaos and treasure every moment and you'll miss this one day, all of those things are true. They don't have to be exclusive from wanting to be a parent. Like, oh, you can feel right those way. things. You can feel those things and still love being a parent. And um, all that those bullshit catchphrases do is gags women from actually expressing their struggles Mm -hmm. because who, you know, feels comfortable saying in a group full of women who are all oogling over their children, probably when they're more, you know, smaller, and you're like, I fucking can't stand this kid today. Like, I don't know. It's hard. I'm tired. I'd want a break. Our generation is dealing with parenting issues that as didn't have to deal with. And I guess that happens for every generation and you can say that over time. But... I really feel like these times are a a huge jump in what parents have to deal with. And we don't have a compass on some of this stuff. Youth mental health issues are continually rising. Drug use, porn culture, social media, bullying, housing crisis, environmental issues with the planet almost on the brink of not being able to roll back climate change. And we're thinking about all of those things while living through a pandemic, homeschooling, job losses, business turned down, no friggin' wonder parenting in these times is overwhelming. So I really like your theory of taking it day by day because sometimes that's all we can do and sometimes it's even hour by hour. So what can we do to support mums? Like, What's the answer here? Abby, I just love, I, I don't know. I, and I guess that's why I align myself with other parents who are really raw and honest and we can sit down and have a laugh at the mm. most shittiest thing that happened in our week. And we're not all, you know, doing that pretentious thing of pretending we are a super mum. Yep. Do you think our parents who parented us during the 80s felt guilty for letting us watch, you know, cartoons in the morning for hours? Do you think they feel as guilty as I do of letting my kid on a Saturday morning stick his face into an iPad? And do we feel guilty or do we feel like we're supposed to feel guilty? Yes. Oh, yes. You've hit the nail. I mean, Agro, Agro and his cartoon connection. Oh, Agro was a dirty little bastard. in that. (laughs) And I don't think our parents were I, – I had wonderful parents, so I don't want to, you know, diss them and they're not here to defend themselves so I could really go to town, but I won't. It was just a different era and I think there was a little bit of 
little bit of ignorance is bliss. I think we're so bombarded with all this information, like you should be doing this and you should be doing that and you should be doing this and screen time's bad and don't let them do this and this. Should, it just seems a lot. And I don't. And as much as some of that's really, really good because I think when you know better, you do better, there's also the flip side of that, that you overthink everything and no, you and feel that's like why a we're piece overwhelmed. of shit and that's where the overwhelm comes yeah. from. Well, I do think it's harder and I think we experience a lot more overwhelm. A lot of those scenarios that you mentioned were happening in the 80s they just weren't spoken about the children are to be seen and not heard days are over and I'm not sorry about that even though I think it's harder to be a parent the connections we have with our children one day will outweigh I think being a little bit more aware of what our children are doing and what they're facing will mean that there are closer relationships in the future and why it's so hard to it's so hard to get through now and I feel like I'm my parenting style is shooting I'm shooting myself in the foot because it's bloody hard I do think that we may be closer um because I know what's going on I bring my kids up a lot a lot more openly Mm -hmm. Uh, we speak about everything and I feel like most things that are going on in their lives I know about so Mm -hmm. I think down the track that will pay dividends um but at the moment it is shooting me in the foot big time. <laughs> We're certainly not judging how people are parenting. I look back on my oh, Facebook God, no. posts from when my children were little, and, yeah, I did have that euphoria as well, those posts yeah. that were, you know, all about my children. I think I've just hit the next phase and it's hit hard yeah. and I'm still coming to terms with how to deal with that. Looking back at the last 16 years, there's been some comments and advice that have stuck in my head. Unsolicited advice? Ah, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that word. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit, it. yeah. <laughs> um, I once had someone tell me my all my son needed was a good size 10 boot oh, up the ass. Far out. Thank you. Now fuck off. <laughs> and... This one time I had a lady tell me about what a wonderful parent she was and how she'd noticed that my three-year-old was really clingy and demanding. And then Was pres- this a three-year-old daughter? Yes. Mm. I had a, a daughter this yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think it's quite normal. Mm. Uh, this woman proceeded to push her away from me when she asked to be picked up and tell her very sternly, no, mummy is talking, leave her alone. What I'd give wow. now to be able to pick that little girl up and what I'd give now to be a 40-year-old woman yeah. that would tell that lady to <laughs> go and get right. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Another time there was a teacher I was friends with on Facebook that put up a meme with a picture of a belt and the line was, I found the cure for ADHD. Oh. This was before my child was diagnosed with ADHD all I can do is pity that person's children and the students that are in their care. We've been fortunate enough to have parenting expert, Alison Newman. Um, expert, I think Alison would love that time. Yes. Alison yes. <laughs> is another SA mum who has interviewed many mothers, uh, so has had a pretty clear snapshot of how this shit works. Um, she's got a, her own podcast called Art of Being a Mum, and this is her advice to us. Hi, ladies. Thanks so much for having me on. This is a great opportunity for me to share some of the advice that I've picked up by chatting to mums when I record my podcast, The Art of Being a Mum. 
I think one of the biggest misconceptions about being a mum of an older child is that you don't need help anymore. And nothing could be farther from the truth. I know as myself as a mum of a teenager, there are times when you really need someone to bounce ideas off of. You need them to watch him or look after him while you go do something else. Um, You don't have to do it all and be everything to everyone all the time, even if it's just something as simple as saying to your partner or your neighbour, can you watch the kids while I have a shower and have an early night if you're not feeling that great? It's really important to look after your own mental health so you can look after other people's mental health. Doing something for yourself is a massive topic that comes up in my podcasts. Retaining their identity for women after they've become a mother is is just so vital and so important. It doesn't have to be something huge, but something consistent. So whether it's going for a walk every night, going to a weekly dance class, doing some yoga, getting back into something creative, you're still the same person inside that you were before you had kids. So tap back into what lit you up before you were a mum and do that. Mum guilt is a massive topic. Um, I could talk about this for the next half an hour, but um, we're always going to feel pulled in many directions, whether that's mum guilt, partner guilt, daughter guilt, Um, you know, friend guilt. We're always going to feel like this and that's life. But you have to say to yourself, look, I'm going to feel like this, but I'm going to do it anyway because you're recognising that what you need in your life is important. You're putting yourself first, even if it's for, you know, a short period of time. And when you return to your mum role, you'll feel refreshed and fulfilled and you'll be able to take it on um, with a, a, a better mindset and a better outlook. As a mum of a teenager, I'm very well aware of the fact that sometimes you feel like um, you've been employed as a, a housekeeper or a slave to your child and you're just doing everything for them without any sort of recognition or acknowledgement of what you're doing. If you value yourself and what you offer to your family, those around you will pick up on that. Lead by example, set boundaries Make people aware when they're not meeting the expectations that you have of them. Don't silently pick up the towels and huff to yourself, oh, it's just easier if I do it. You know, grab that person, bring them in and say, hey, pick up this towel, please. They know where you stand, they know where your boundaries are, and they respect that. The biggest thing, and and what the girls have talked about today, is it is really hard to be a mum, and it's okay to admit that. It's okay to say, I feel like crap, I've had a really bad time, and say to someone else, reflect it in your social media, send somebody a message, acknowledge the hard times, don't gloss over it, don't sweep it under the rug. Allow yourself to feel all of those feelings, whether it's you know anger, resentment, sadness, grief, guilt. Allow yourself to feel it. Move through it and move on. Do what you need to do to get through those, those feelings because if you don't, you will end up feeling those feelings for a long, long time And then you'll end up in therapy having to deal with them in the future if you're not already. Thank you so much for the opportunity, ladies, and all the best to all the mums out there doing it tough, doing it hard, talk to each other, share the ups, share the downs, and um, know that there's always somebody there to listen and to help you out. Cheers. Here's a tip from our sponsor, Peter Caulfield from Simply Put by Peter. Um, With the festive season coming up, it also comes with an influx of new items in your home. So pretty much get rid of some shit now, she's saying, from Christmas cracker toys to electronics, bikes and everything in between. It's overwhelming time of the year. So instead of being overwhelmed in the lead up and deciding to make a change in the new year, start decluttering and organising process now. 
um, move past the overwhelm, reclaim your life and, um, and your time. So get rid of some stuff before Christmas because if you've got more than one kid, your home's going to be inundated with lots of shit. Good tip, Peter. Thanks, babe. You've heard us clinking a glass of bird in hand once or twice. And we've joked that the Adelaide Hills Winery should be a sponsor of the 40s Project. I haven't met too many bubbly drinkers that don't love a glass of bird in hand. So the 40s Project and bird in hand are giving listeners an opportunity to get some rather good discounts before Christmas. You in, Melissa? I am definitely in. (laughs) In fact, you won't actually get a better deal anywhere. This is probably, um, well... This may be limited to SA listeners unless you're happy to pay a hefty delivery fee and risk the postie going on a bird in hand vendor. <laughs> but uh, there's a question we want you to answer. To unlock the savings, which is actually bird in hand at $18 a bottle, all you have to do is uh, message us on Facebook or Instagram and tell us the answer to this question <laughs> and you can order bird in hand um cases of sparkling cases of piccolos or we're even going to do what else we're going to do Sav blanc or a case of Sav blanc for christmas at a hugely discounted rate so the question is <laughs> what does melissa say every time a little gas escapes her mouth <laughs> oh bubbles <laughs> <laughs> that's the code word bubbles and uh we can delivery will be around mid-december uh, can only buy in cases of six for large bottles or if you're a uh, slow drinker and a bad drunk like me you can get uh, cases of 12 piccolos for under six dollars a bottle so get on it and have a merry, merry christmas, christmas. Ooh, bubbles. Mm-hmm.